Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It's All About Perspective, a brand new week, a brand new topic. Robert, tell me what's on your mind. So I sent you an article this morning uh, from Education Week, and the, <laughs> the headline says, okay, now my apologies, it was November 29th, 2021, doesn't matter. Efforts to toughen teacher evaluations show no positive impact on students. Mm-hmm. And I sent that and you were fired up about a week ago about, about eval. So I thought, well, let's just talk about it. Essentially what the article says is that all the billions upon billions of dollars they have spent, the federal governments and states, on a new evaluation system has not moved the needle at all. As mm-hmm. a teacher, mm-hmm. why do you believe that's so? I know you have an opinion about okay. this. So as a teacher... How do you feel about the current evaluation system and why is it not improving instruction and outcomes? Okay, so this is something that I am extremely passionate about and I have an extra different perspective. So I have a perspective coming from being a teacher, a classroom teacher, and being evaluated by you and other admin, Mm -hmm. okay? But over the last year and a half, I've had the opportunity to supervise student teachers for a university, and I am evaluating them. So last week, I, we, you and I were talking um, before after our podcast that we recorded last week, and I was telling you how infuriating the evaluation system is because, mm-hmm. for instance, as a teacher, I am being evaluated with the same assessments that you are evaluating a fifth grade teacher. True. Okay. So the forms are the same. The rubric is the same. And that is ridiculous. That's the same as students being evaluated with the same rubric. It's not, it, 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 you can't. Why? Okay. So we can expand upon this one greatly because one, most teachers use the same rubric to evaluate the students, um, but they do change it per grade level. So is what you're saying is that each different grade level should have a different evaluation? I, absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot. So you. So one of the things that drives me absolutely insane, when you would come into my classroom and you would have to ask five-year-old kids, tell <laughs> yeah. me what you have learned. Okay. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And I'll I don't just, think so, but go ahead. It is because because they don't really have the most of the time they don't have the wherewithal and capacity to answer the question that you're looking for. So you're trying to ask them, well, what is Miss Peterson teaching you? And they're and a lot of times they're going to say, I don't know, because they don't really know what you're looking for. As an okay. adult, I know what you're looking for. And so I can I can word salad and come up with and tell you exactly what, you know, the standard is that I'm teaching and the expectation. And I can tell you something. But a five year old doesn't really know what you're looking for. And so they'll say, oh, well, we're learning letters. And then okay. you're asking them to expound upon that. And I, what's the purpose of that for, for kindergarten? Now, I can understand fourth and fifth graders that can articulate a little bit more. But, a fi- but you honestly tell me, Robert, in your school right now, when you go into the kindergarten classrooms to evaluate and you pull students, do you, do you tell me about that? Okay, so <laughs> I love when you get fired up. <laughs> I, I agree with you to some degree. 
if I ask a kindergartner, what are you learning? And you're teaching letters. Let's say you're teaching the letter A. Uh, of course, you've got the kids that know A over here. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, yeah. because I have the, yes, we don't, I have the we readers don't, over here. You yeah, know. we don't slow the high kids down. But yeah, please I don't say, pull the one that is I'm working on trigonometry with. Okay, isn't it amazing? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing how too how admin will always ask the kid you don't want them to ask. But okay, so I say, little Johnny, what are you learning? And you're learning the letter A, and he says, Well, I'm learning how to add. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then I think there's kind of a little bit of a problem because according to the evaluation rubric, you should set set the stage for what you're teaching. So you should say, boys and girls. Today, we're learning the letter A because it's going to help us learn to read. And you do some kind of callback or turn to your partner or whatever. And then I ask little Johnny and he says, well, we're learning math. Okay, something's not right there. But to take it even a bit further, um, along with that, they are supposed to tell me why they're learning mm -hmm. it right. and, and how they're going to know when they know it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the, and I, and I think you have to agree that that's the part when you are specifically asking kindergartners that you either have to coach them. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. You either have to coach them or you have to kind of chuckle and just write something down because they're. I give a lot of leeway on that. Absolutely. And so to me, I think that's a, I, I, I think that's an unfair evaluation point for, for early education, because I don't think that's accurate. And I'll tell you why, because when you come in and watch a phonics lesson, you just said that there's going to be kids that know other things. And so when they go to their literacy stations, they are working on, some kids are working on letter ID. Some kids are working on beginning sound. Some kids are building CVC words because that is called differentiation. Yes, ma'am. So if you go over to little Sally and you are expecting her to say that we just did a lesson on letter M and she's doing CVC words because that is reaching her potential, then that is not answering your question. Okay. So again, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> the best two words anybody can ever say to someone. You're right. No, I just. The challenge, you're, you're not wrong, especially in kindergarten, or I can take it a step further. This I don't know which way this is going to go, but yes, in kindergarten, if I say, what are you learning? And they say, we're learning the letter A. And I say, well, why are you learning that? And they can somehow say, well, so we can be better readers and writers. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, how will you know? Right. When, I mean, I'm laughing because you're absolutely right. Uh -huh. like, this is, this is uh, funny. But let me take it a step further. You're going you're gonna to get fired up in just a second. I use the same evaluation for primary autism mm -hmm. or kids autism or early childhood inclusion. And we expect those students to be able to answer, I am learning the letter because that is asinine. That is ridiculous. We are using the same rubric, the same assessment for teachers that are teaching students that that have uh, intellectual disabilities or are 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 um, in special ed as the same as a teacher who is teaching fifth grade reading or fifth grade yes. like, uh, math. That I I am totally against this, Robert. I, so, I really think that we need that the solution to this. If people are always like, "Oh, Robert and Abby, you never provide a solution," yeah. which is true because we do a lot of just talking and right. talking things I, out. I got but solutions. I think the solution to this is we need a 
evaluation for a specific grade level. And just like we have standards, just and a specific program, just like we have standards and just like there are accommodations made for special ed students, the same needs to be done for teachers, because I'll tell you why now, now I'm putting on my, I'm not an admin, but now I'm putting on my supervisor role as somebody who is observing. I have the same forms, observation forms for my my teachers that are teaching kindergarten and first grade as the same as teaching fifth grade. When one of the questions on there is if the teacher is um, if 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 it, if the material, if the content, if the academics are 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 bringing in cultural and and um, and and social and all these all all current events. That necessarily is not being done in a in a kindergarten or first grade classroom. Okay, so I agree with you. I think I think you could. Uh, here's my solution, since we're being solutions oriented this morning today, which I love. Why can't we have some overarching themes? For example, every teacher has this question: How have you built relationships with your kids? How have you built relationships with your families? Okay, so so that, like some overarching things for okay. the good of the whole, okay. and then program or grade level specific. You know, can kindergartens identify what they are learning, and that's it? Not explain. I am learning letter A, not know the success criteria. You know, can we scaffold that into the higher grades? Okay, and and I know that some people are going to agree or disagree with me, but I just personally well, it is do all not about their feel. Yes, I just personally don't feel like that question. What are you learning? Is developmentally appropriate? Because I think in at, in kindergarten, I mean, I, I I I did this for years. I know these kids. I know their. I know how developmental. I know the stages of development. Okay, and. You are coaching them. You are coaching them. They are going to say, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning letters or I'm learning it. What, what does that tell you? What, how is that indicating to you that I am doing my job as a teacher? Nothing. Sorry, <laughs> nothing. That okay. is not, that is not telling some. And Robert, you are looking for that student. You are looking, you cannot tell me I am wrong on this. You are looking for certain students that you know are going to give you an appropriate answer. Because if you ask so-and-so over here, you're going to get, oh, well, uh, I love the blocks. Oh, I love to be outside. I love to be at recess. And that's not what you're looking for. So, so, so it is pointless. That particular <laughs> point for kindergarten is pointless. I don't want you, uh, I do not want my evaluation based upon you going up to one of my students and saying, what are you learning? Tell me how you're learning this. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay, do that well, in fifth grade. Do that in fifth grade, not in kindergarten. Right. I do feel like I would love to see, okay, our, let's let's talk about engagement. What are some things that yes, you're doing to 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 produce active learners. What are you doing to promote um, vocabulary and communication? I cannot tell you, and you know this, how many times have you walked into a dead silent classroom where students are not allowed to communicate? How are we going to grow active listeners and speakers if they cannot talk in a classroom? What about our students that that are ELL? Correct. Yes. And yes. they need language. 
And it doesn't happen in a completely silent classroom. They need opportunities. We, we, at our last school, we talked about account of, um, accountable talks. We talked about learning how to respond. We talked about learning how to teach our, our kids, how to phrase things into questions. Mm -hmm. We know the, the research shows that if you teach students how to um, speak in full sentences that they will then write in full sentences. But if you never give students an opportunity to speak or only when spoken to or, or asked, how, how is, how are some of these things going to expound their vocabulary, expand, expound their vocabulary? I probably said the wrong word, but yeah, but you're, you're on the right track, but here's the problem. The the district, I think districts across the country have spent so much time and money on this new type of system, which isn't new anymore. So right now, I think teachers are evaluated on 19 standards for instruction and 15 for professionalism. So 34 standards. Um, that's a lot. Okay. Why, why does there have to be so many? What this is doing, this article ends with this statement. Um, or almost end. It says, there's currently little political appetite to try again with teacher evaluation reform. That's in part due to the pandemic, which has dampened teacher morale, but he also thinks policymakers will need to take time to generate more buy-in and address the fundamental challenges of implementation. Okay, one problem. Who are the policymakers, not teachers? Uh Uh-huh. And two... You're never going to get people to agree on the fundamental challenges of implementing this. And I guarantee you, you never get you to agree with that kindergarten teacher. Like you're never going to get everybody on board. So there's no appetite to take this on. So what do we do? I go in and I evaluate Abby on those 34 standards. And let's just say Abby is uh, effective. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now your effective might be a 3.59 in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So you're rated zero to four or one to four. You're a 3.59. Then I go and watch Joe Schmo and I evaluate him on the same ones. And he is a 2.81. He's effective. There's no difference on paper between Abby, who's 3.59 and Joe Schmo, who's 2.81. Mm-hmm. So that's not fair either. Mm-hmm. There's no incentive in all honesty, there's no incentive other than intrinsic reward and wanting to do your best mm-hmm. to perform well on an eval. Your only incentive is to do to be higher than 2.80 so that you are not uh, minimally effective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you want to redo all these evals and stuff. There's there's more than just the, just the standard four where you're asking, what are you learning? There's a lot more to it. And I don't think that educators could ever agree on everything. Well, I mean, what that's across the board, though. We can, I mean, whether it's standards or whether it's anything. You're going to get mad, though, because if they come out with a new eval system and I'm in that is ask kindergartners what they're learning, then instantly you hate it. And instantly you're like, well, I don't care about it. It doesn't matter anymore. I just think. Do your thing. I I just personally think that education is one of the few, is one of the only 
fields where we're stuck in the 1900s and the early 2000s. You know, every other occupation, the medical, even Walmart, Walmart, Robert, even Walmart. I went into my local neighborhood Walmart um, a few days ago and they had totally remodeled. So now they have this huge section in the store that is all pickup, meaning that they have so many employees now that are just what are people doing? They're they're pulling up, they're ordering online, they're ordering on the app, and now they had they had to accommodate that. Here's Walmart that just took on this project, and yet education, we're still stuck on these on on evaluations that are based upon uh, the ch- kids and standards of years ago. But your policymakers would not agree with that. They would say that these standards apply every year to every position and there's been a ton of research and a ton of money put behind it and every kid should be able to tell you what they're learning and explain their success criteria and if they can't explain it then you didn't tell them how they're going to know blah 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 the 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 policymakers I can't I can't quite tell you the truth are they so out of touch that they don't know or are they so entrenched in what they've already done that they won't change? Because I believe there's some good people out there. You know, I, I really do. I believe that some people in the State Department of Nevada are, are fantastic people. My big thing is this is a perfect example of how there is an unwillingness to move the bus forward. Mm-hmm. There's an unwillingness to make a change. They have changed the eval system over my time as administration. But it tends to be the same type of things in there. And it's very generic in my opinion. It's like, okay, now this is, this is from what I evaluate on. The teacher candidate advocates models and teaches safe, legal, and ethical use of information and technological resources as supports for analysis, reflection, and problem solving. It's too wordy. It's too wordy. Now, how, how I'm supposed to use this for kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. It, I, I just I, I think let's let's take an evaluation and let's let's break it down per grade level and let's work on the things that are most important. Right. Or, or again, start with the overarching thing, academic, uh, you know, accountable talk, academic discourse, something that every classroom should have. We agree. Every classroom should have accountable talk, academic discourse, vocabulary. Those things. Then you break it down by grade level. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair to a teacher? Because I personally, as an admin, I would love it. Well, I I think when, you know, it's, it's evident that, for instance, accountable talk, you can do that in kindergarten. Yes, and you, you can. Definitely you can have do proven it, that. And you definitely can do it in the older grades. So that to me is a, you're adjusting for your grade level. So differentiation is available, but it's purposeful, it's meaningful, and it's something that you can gauge when you walk into a classroom. But when, like I said, but when you have to go in there and you have to search for a a specific student to pull them out and ask them, you know, I, I just think that it's. I th- I also think some of the standards or the the assessments for I shouldn't say assessments but the evaluations um, for teachers a lot of the questions are redundant mm-hmm. they repeat and how is that effective how is that effective if I if when I'm when I'm assessing or evaluating my student teachers 
I'm looking at their pacing. I'm looking yes. at how well they can convey the the content, how engaging they are, and how they're responding to their students. But they when would I, say that those are all embedded in the current evaluation system. Yeah, in something that in some question that is is uh is two paragraphs long and you and and the teachers like by the time they get to the to the second sentence they're like who what does this even mean and how do i and how am i supposed to get a 3 or a 4 on it it's very difficult it's just too wordy they need now i have a little bit of a teacher friendly version that i use but it's just it's so wordy and there's no appetite for anybody to i mean not anybody the vast majority of people have no appetite to sit down and look through those and really understand what they mean. And then, you know, is it worth your ROI to do so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on and on and on? Um, I just don't know. I'll tell you another thing that frustrates me too, is I'll get an eval from someone who applies mm-hmm. and it's all threes, mm-hmm. three, 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 three. That frustrates me because you're telling me, that you could not find one good thing about this person that they go above and beyond on or one area that they could improve. So two is improve, four mm-hmm. is you are excellent. I think that so many admin, I know too of many admin, uh, I don't know them, but I've heard like, I don't give out fours. Mm-hmm. I've heard not? that too. Why not? I've heard you're, that just, too. you're killing the teacher morale. If a teacher does literally everything, uh, Andrea, a colleague that you know, uh, works mm-hmm. Smith. She communicates with parents more than any other teacher. She drives to their house. She sends dojos. She sends letters. She has this, has that. What more do you want her to do? Mm-hmm. Send up smoke signals? Right. Yeah. Why not give her credit for busting her hiney? Right, right. <laughs> you know, to communicate. But you have admin out there. I don't give fours. Okay, well then is the, so my goal, I always tell everybody, look, my goal is to work with you to make this an accurate reflection of your year. Mm -hmm. And that's my goal. But some people don't care if it's an accurate reflection, they just won't give a four or, you know, like this is too much too. You have people out there, admin, who want you to provide blank pieces of evidence. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're in the classrooms enough and you see what they're doing enough, you should be able to add a lot of that evidence as well. Why are we putting that back on the teachers and making more work for them? And then on the opposite spectrum, I've heard of admin that don't want to give out below because of all the paperwork that's involved with below. That's just unprofessionalism. Like if you have a teacher that stinks and you need to get rid of them, then you need to get rid of them. Um, You know, that's your job is to have the tough conversations. I just think that I would just prefer... Um, a, a, a system that is applicable to the grade level, that's applicable to the things that are are in today's teaching, today's kids, you know, we've seen in the last three years, there's much more um, sensory issues and there's lots more, there are more trauma issues that we're dealing with. And so some of these, some of these evaluations 
are they're outdated. They're outdated. And I know you said that the lawmakers aren't going to go for it, but you know, I would be happy with a team of people that are like, okay, what are the most important things that you want to see when you go into a kindergarten classroom, a first grade classroom, a second yes. grade classroom, a third grade classroom. Okay. Now, you know, let's, let's pick those things. And then I have no problem as a teacher when, when we had our post conferences, those are actually my favorite. Actually, I love doing yeah, them well, now start, as a, yeah. as a clinical supervisor. And That's, then, and the then, best part for me too. And then as a teacher, I loved it because I love it when, when you can provide constructive feedback and say, Hey, did you think about this? Or, Hey, I saw this. I, I use all the time with my um, student teachers now, Robert, I will never forget this. One of my first years in kindergarten, you came in and observed me. And when we had our post-conference, you said to me, you said, I noticed when you asked for the kids to have their eyes on you, which meant their eyes were on you, their mm -hmm. mouths were closed. So basically an attention, you know, I was needing mm -hmm. their attention. You said, you did not stop. You just kept right on going. Mm -hmm. You said, why are you wasting their time and your time in saying that? And that was eye-opening for me. I was like, whoa. And I reflected on that. And so that like, I've never forgot that because I thought that is so true. If you are, go if you are trying to get the students to stop, look and listen to you to get whatever instructions mm -hmm. you're giving, why do you just continue to let them talk? Why are you just going to barrel through? What, what was the point of it then? And so I never forgot that. And I share that with my student teachers now, because those are the things that do matter. You know, otherwise it's a runaway train the rest of the school year with your students. They don't, they know that you don't mean what you say and they're just going to talk anyways. Mm -hmm. And so that was very valuable to me. I'm still carrying it and I'm passing it on to teachers now. Thank you. Thank and you. So, I appreciate that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving an example of things, constructive feedback that is meaningful to the teacher. Now, if I, if I go back in the classroom and I start teaching fourth grade, that's something that's going to be valuable in kindergarten or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those things. Let's talk about things that actually matter. Let's in, instead of things that really don't. And so, I loved, let me, I, 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 I was thinking, I, and I forgot to add this. The other, the other it. thing, the other thing is I love when the questions were posed to me. Okay. What are you doing with parent communication? How are you collaborating with your grade level? Because again, it, it forces me to stop and think, you know, we want our students to think critically. Well, how about teachers thinking critically about what they're doing? So I think you're, you're right. Like I say all the time, my job is to make you think. But I, I can't help but wonder with the eval too. I mean, sometimes you have to just basically say you're going to do this, but how many admin can take an observation and motivate people in a positive way to make changes? You were great. Like I basically said, why are you not stopping? And you start thinking about it. But I've had plenty of people where I would say, hey, if you say one, two, three eyes on me, you've got to make sure you got the eyes. Otherwise, there's no point. Mm -hmm. And then you go back in and they still don't do it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you have to say, listen. Like I had to, um, I had to model once many years ago, just a basic accountable talk because 
that was the only way basically to make the person understand <laughs> how mm-hmm. to do it. And then they still couldn't do it. So then they got a two on their eval because they need to improve. And then they get mad because this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's always that side. Let me, let me take it to another direction too. Abby, how do you feel about having your data and your SLGs count on your eval? I, well, this gets into a tricky, this, this gets into tricky territory because I can go both ways. And I know people don't like that because they want us to take one side or the other, but in one aspect, I would say, yes, I, I think data sh- or data, sh- well, data, data, um, it, it should count for something because all kids can show growth. Yes. All kids can show growth. So are we, are we basing it off of growth? Are we basing it off a certain amount of growth? And, and I think that's where it comes. That's where it starts to get muddled a little bit because you could have, for instance, the last year that I was in the classroom, 29 students, 11 IEPs, behavior issues, you know, a lot of things going on that are almost out of your control. So I might not have made all the growth point, you know, my, mm-hmm. my students might not have the majority of my class might not have made all of the growth. And then I wouldn't want to receive a bad evaluation because of that group of kids, but there has to be some sort of accountability. I do not. I, I've never been a fan of the student learning goal. To no. me, it's basically just restating a standard that you're going to teach, in my opinion. You have to take, so I don't like SLGs either, honestly. Um, We have to do them. It is what it is. So many people hate them. Why? So basically, if you have to do it, let's make it for for a good purpose. So, you know, we had at Smith, we had trouble. Kids were not attending to precision. Mm-hmm. They they were making stupid mistakes and it dragged us down. So I, me, I'm like, okay, well, let's take care of this problem. Everybody's SLG is going to be wrapped around uh, attending to precision, which is math and standard practice number six. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to do that because it was not a reading standard. And I said, we don't have a problem in reading it at Smith. We have a problem in math. <laughs> and so then basically we just did it. Um, but so then Abby, you take your kids, which would, this would have been the year of the, of the 29 probably. Uh And you say, okay, these, I don't know, 15 cannot do this. Well, first of all, um, a a point for kindergarten, it's really hard to assess kids attending to precision Uh in kindergarten. So there we go back to it. And I've learned that, but I just trust the kindergarten teachers to figure it out. But secondly, you pick out, okay, you pick out these 10 kids and they cannot do it. You say, okay, at the end of the year, seven out of the 10 are going to ha- be able to attend the precision. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that that counts for, I don't know, 15% of your eval. Guess what magically is going to happen in all likelihood, whether they know it or not. Magically, seven out of 10 are going to pass yeah. that assessment mm-hmm. because I know that that's on my eval. It's a very subjective thing. I'm not saying people are cheating. Right. I'm saying it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't have any problem with data on the eval because you have to have accountability somehow. If you're not growing kids, that's not good. If it were up to me, here's my solution. I would use MAP. You're not going to like that because you're a kindergarten. But 
I would use MAP and I would say, okay, the percentage, 80% of your kids have grown and met their goal for the year. That equals a four on your eval, mm-hmm. 60%, three. You know what the criteria is. It's a MAP. It's an adaptive test. We trust you to be professional and just give the assessment. It is what it is. Did you grow your kids throughout the year? I mm-hmm. think that's fair. Now, you being a, a, a staunch kindergarten person, you're probably not going to like that, I'm going to assume, because at the beginning of the year, kids can't really do math. Yeah, it's a, again, it's, it, sometimes it's a little bit of an unfair, it's a disadvantage. Um, and that's why I think that things, you know, it, it cracks me up that, that we want to differentiate for our students and yet we don't want to for our teachers and our, and our school, because <laughs> I can go on can, and on about that. Can there be, can there be, I mean, I would much rather have my evaluation. I Fine. Let's do data. Um, but can it be on, um, you know, can it be on my ESGI data? Does it have to be maps? Because I know if I, if I am, you know, doing a, a beginning of the year assessment and a mid-year assessment and an end of the year assessment, I know I, I, without a shadow of doubt, I know that I'm going to have 80% accuracy on letter names and letter yes. sounds and, and, um, number ID. And so I know my kids are going to show growth on that. I and just, it doesn't have to be all of them. The, you know, set 80% criteria should be tier one. They should be able to do that. But then you always fall into the category, and I and I get this, and I understand this. Is then sometimes you get first grade teachers complaining. Well, if kindergarten gets a gets to do a different assessment, and they get to ha- they don't have to use maps. Why should we? Because our kids come in like kindergartners, and and so so I, I understand it, it. It muddles up everything. Well, but- if you go with that route though, and they come in like kindergartners, okay, great. Well, you have map. Can you grow your kids? Mm-hmm. If you grow your kids. Great. If you don't, here's your outcome. You take you take the subjectivity out of it. I'm not, you know, I can I can watch you and can you engage kids and do they do, you know, discourse and stuff, but if your growth is measured somehow, there's no subjectivity to that. Either Abby grew her kids or she didn't. There's your score. So let me ask you, okay? We're getting to the end of our of our podcast today. So if you were to redo your evaluations, and you had to pick, say, four things that if you walked into any classroom mm-hmm. that you could you could say, I'm looking for these four things. What would they be? So during the instructional That you can phase, look at and yeah. you can measure. Engagement. So what strategies are you using? There's three that come right to my mind. Well, I go all over the place. But you have mm-hmm. engagement. Can I tell that you have a relationship with your kids? Do you know your kids somehow? Mm-hmm. And then I would say, okay, well, within engagement, you could say, well, that's academic uh, discourse or accountable talk. Kind of all th- those would be my main things. And do you have vocabulary in there? If you So if you do those four things, I think everything will be fine. You also need to differentiate. You know, don't slow the high kids down or do your small groups, whatever. I would go with those five. Could you agree that all five of those would somehow apply to all classrooms? I I think so because I think engagement is really important. I, I the more that I am 
around, you know, seeing different teachers and different classrooms and different styles of teaching, the more I realize engagement is important. Now that looks different for different teachers and I'm totally okay mm-hmm. with that. It does. But I do think that without we are we are competing with technology, we're competing with Instagram, we're competing with um, um, uh, TikTok, we're competing now with all of these outside, you know, influences. And so when it comes to the classroom, we've got to step up our game with engagement. Um, they can't just sit and get. So I think engagement is really important. Um, I think that building relationships with with students is really important. Um, I do think, and I know that you said accountable talks. I would wrap that up into um, communication slash vocabulary. You know, I I think that's you just such define a, it. Yeah, I think that's just such an important piece. And I think classroom management. And I think um, when you go into a classroom, again, that looks different for every teacher. But you can tell a classroom, at least I've been able to in the last year and a half, I've been able to tell if somebody understands classroom management and how how to effectively use it for the, for that particular class and those who are clueless. Mm-hmm. And so if without it, your students aren't going to learn. No, you have to have that. But there's no better classroom management than an engaging lesson that's differentiated at their level. So many kids get in trouble because you're trying to teach them something they can't do or don't want to do. And then they act out or they they avoid Mm -hmm. it. So you have to have the engagement piece in there for sure. Uh, And then if I had to do it on the other side, you know, I would have data in there and growth. If your kids come in at the 10th percentile and you get them to the 20th, you've doubled their percentile. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate that. We have to be okay with, you know, if students come in low, yes, we want to close the gap. Let's celebrate that. But that gap might be going from the 50th to the 65th or from the 10th to the 20th. We have to celebrate growth. We can't just say, oh, your kids made it or didn't make it. Right, right. You know, you can't, you cannot well, evaluate third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers on their SBAC scores. That's not fair because that's just one thing. It shows no growth. If we evaluate a school on their growth, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Either you grow kids or you don't. I've, I also meant to add that I think, and I said this before, but I think pacing is so important. Agree. And I think that that's across the board. It can be kindergarten through fifth grade. It looks a little different for each mm-hmm. grade, but I think pacing is so important because um, the research actually, and I, I actually found the research the other day. I was specifically looking for it and I found it, but I've always gone by the rule of thumb and it's not a rule of, it's a, Okay, it's kind of a rule of thumb, but there is actual research that shows that the attention span of human beings is approximately one minute per age. And so um, I cannot attend for 45 minutes. Well, no, it goes and then it goes (laughs) and then it stops at about 12 to like 16 minutes. And that's what the average adult can focus in, you know, anywhere between that. But um, the research is very clear on that. And, and so you cannot expect a kindergartner who's five to sit for you teaching a 40 minute lesson, phonics lesson that does not work and vice versa. You cannot be in a fourth grade classroom and have a 30 minute long lesson that they're just sitting and getting. And sometimes I think as teachers, we forget 
we forget that. And so there's got to be, I think when you combine the pacing and the engagement and the classroom management, those three things, along with the content and the standards, obviously, but when you, when you, um, mix those together and there's a balance, I think that really does produce, um, effective teaching and an opportunity for growth. That growth is going to look different for every student, but I think that is a more accurate and more up-to-date current um, evaluation than what is being done right now. I agree with you. And I don't, you know, I would love for it to change, but I don't think it will because again, there's too much money tied up into it. And the research according to this article clearly shows it is not having an impact on student achievement. And mm-hmm. right now, personally, I just don't see us making any changes that are um, positive for teachers or for this process. I don't, I just don't see it happening. I, well, I do have I, one thing I will agree with you on is, is it's interesting to me, you, you know, reading, reading things that are put out by the media and just knowing teachers, teacher friends and, and admin um, right now, you know, we're, we're losing teachers hand yep. over hand, hand over whatever the saying is, <laughs> but um, yeah. Hand, and so, you know, does having evaluations, you know, are, are we just kind of like just doing the bare minimum just to make sure that we're keeping teachers or, you know, it just it appears to be maybe it's not, according to the research it's not helping the outcomes. So again, why do we have it? Is it worth our return on our investment of time or do we need to change it? Essentially, I thought of something during this that you always say, the eval as written is kind of making us the jack of all trades and the master of none. Yes. There's too much. There's too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Well, it was a, is an interesting topic for us to cover today. I, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested and fascinated by all of this because I'm seeing a different perspective as I'm evaluating student mm-hmm. teachers. And so um, when I when I am evaluating a first grade teacher and then b- back to back doing a fourth grade teacher, but it's the same exact evaluation and it doesn't necessarily, um, it doesn't make sense, but there's nothing we can do about it. So we just get on here and talk we'll about just, our perspective. We'll just keep doing uh, what the research says is having minimal effect. Well, no matter where you stand on the issue, always remember. It's all about perspective. Thanks for listening and see you next time.